Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. This morning, I want to share something very dear, near and dear to my heart, and I believe it's to every Christian's heart. That is the will of God. So the name of this message, message is called The Will of God. The will of God. We have a short amount of time to do the will of God here on the earth. And what we do now will echo into, into eternity. Well, I, heard, I got that quote from Braveheart. <laughs> I believe Braveheart came out in 95, I believe. And what we do now will echo in eternity. There are people being born every second, every few seconds. And there are people dying every few seconds. A baby's born in the United States every eight seconds. And th there's a death every 33 seconds. So every eight seconds, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, a baby's born. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33. Somebody just went into eternity just like that. So every eight seconds, a baby is born, and every 33 seconds, there's someone transitioning from this life into the next. So we have a short amount of time from the day we're born to the day that we die, a short amount of time to do the will of God. Their, the average age is 79. So the average person will live to be 79. Now some, I don't know how up to date this research is, but at one point, women were outliving men. Wives were outliving their husbands. It's probably still the case, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> but we have a short amount of time to live this life. The life we're living right now will be the shortest time we ever live because once we're going to eternity, we're going to be in eternity forever. You're either going to spend eternity with God or eternity in hell in the lake of fire. We don't stop existing just because we die. We're going to transition into eternity, whether Jesus cracks the sky or we die to go be with the Lord as Christians. So as Christians, we are to devote ourselves to the will of God. We're to commit ourselves to the will of God. That is the prayer. That is the commitment. That is the devotion. That's the reason why we come to church. That's the reason why we pray. That's the reason why we give. We're giving because of the will of God. Now, there's some who would say, <clears throat> whatever happens is the will of God. That's one of the biggest lies that the churches believe, the church, the body of Christ believe. They actually believe that, that whatever is happening in your life is the result of the will of God. That is untrue because it could be the result of the will of Satan or it could be the result of your will. There's things that you do, there will be consequences, right? You're going to reap what you sow. So if you, you know, the weight, perhaps the weight that you are right now is the result of what you've sown. Not always the case, but most of the time, most of the people I know, it is the case. Or perhaps... The amount of money that you're making, right? <laughs> that gets tricky. The amount of money you have in your accounts is the result of the things that you do or don't do. <laughs> so you 
have a lot more control of what you're going to do than you think you do. Religious people will tell you that whatever happens is God-ordained, untrue. That cake that you're about to eat today is a result of you deciding to eat that cake, not necessarily God ordaining you to eat that cake. Some people get so deep that they just, they, they need their brains or their minds to be renewed so much and understanding that we have the power to choose. I'm going to share some general will of God, some general will of God, like the general will of God for every people, every person. The first one is to be born again and baptized in water. It is the will of God for every person to be born again and to be baptized in water. The second is every person to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and the Bible evidence of speaking with other tongues. It is the will of God for every person to speak in tongues. Don't ever doubt that. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 38. It says that this gift is for you and to the Lord our God, and to your children, and to your children's children, for as many as the Lord our God has called. Every person should be born again, baptized in water, and speaking in other tongues. It is the will of God. There was a, a good brother that I was talking to recently, and he, he has an issue with tongues because of, I guess, perhaps he saw some abuses of tongues. And I, I can kind of sense that he was trying to debate with me. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to debate with you. I've been debating biblical st things since I was a teenager, <laughs> even before that. But I, as I get older, I, I, I don't care. Like, you believe that? God bless you. You just want to have the benefits of speaking in tongues. That doesn't mean that you're not saved because you don't speak in tongues, but you're missing out. People come and say, well, I don't believe in that prosperity stuff. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Just sit back and watch God be the God of prosperity in my life. I don't believe in that healing stuff. Okay, take, take your sickness, and I'm going to look to Jesus who, is sick, who was sick for me so that I can be healed. I, I, I don't have time for it. People want to argue. I'm not going to argue. I sit down and show you from scriptures what, what I know to be true, but I'm not going to argue with you. So the same way it is with people speaking in tongues. It is the will of God, and you can have it just as simply as asking him to, asking Jesus to baptize you with his spirit. Number three, it is God's will for everybody to be a faithful member of a local assembly. There are some Christians who are gathering on their own just because they want to, and they don't have a pastor. We're the body of Christ. We don't need a church. There's some people who don't have a church. There's some people who got their names on the roll, but they never come to church. <laughs> I, I'm not talking about anybody here at Care Live. But what I have said to you that it is the will of God for you to be a faithful member of KLM or a faithful, I'm sorry, <laughs> a faithful member of a local assembly. All right. So it's the will of God for everybody to be a faithful member of a local church. God wants everybody to be, to have a pastor. It is the will of God for everybody. You're going to need somebody to counsel, someone to give you the word of God, somebody that you're held accountable to, somebody who can bury you. So it's amazing how many people don't have pastors, but when it's time for them, you know, when they die, they don't have nobody to eulogize them. So you want to make sure that you're faithful at a local assembly, somebody who is going to be responsible of praying for you, someone you could come to when you're going through marital problems or you just need some wisdom or you just need someone to pray and agree with you. 
No one is, no, God has not called any of us to be an island to ourselves. Oh, I'm Mr. Spiritual, I'm Mr. Spiritual, and I don't need anybody but Jesus. That's a lie. You do need Jesus. You need to spend time with him every day. He wants you to be accountable in a community. He wants you to live in community. God himself lives in community. So if God lives in community, how much more should we live in community? You got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The next one is to develop and maintain fellowship with the triune God through spiritual disciplines. To develop and maintain spiritual fellowship with the triune God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit through spiritual disciplines. What are you talking about, Pastor Dwayne? Spiritual disciplines such as prayer, reading the word, solitude, fasting, witnessing, giving, praise and worship, and the list goes on. There are many different spiritual, spiritual disciplines in the scriptures. And so we're to develop these spiritual disciplines and maintain them. You'll be surprised how many Christians that don't read the Bible on, day, on a daily, that don't pray, really pray on a daily. I'm talking about quality time. And I've been guilty of praying on the go, driving and praying and walking and praying, only praying when I need something or I'm, I'm, I'm stressed out. Instead of just spending time every day, start your day out with spending time with God. Or for those who work at night, every night spend time with God before you go into that, to that job. Learning to develop these spiritual disciplines, taking scriptures, whether it's digesting a whole chapter or four a day, just reading them and allowing that, those scriptures to, to, to be placed inside of you so that you can know the living God. So develop and maintaining fellowship with the triune God through spiritual disciplines. My next one is to be a witness and lead others into Christ, into Christian discipleship. God wants every Christian to be a light, to be a witness, not to just be on the job cracking jokes with those people. I know about people giving, talking dirty jokes and, and, and have to resist the temptation of laughing and getting involved or even gossiping. But you, God wants you to be a light or even stealing things from the job. Some people steal stuff from the jobs, whether it's a pencil or a pen or a paper, a notepad or computers. I won't talk to about anybody, but there are people who take things from their job when they leave, knowing real, in, in reality that it, it's not theirs. They didn't pay for it with their own money. So you want to be a witness, and then you want to lead and look for opportunities to lead someone to Christ and lead them into the Christian discipleship. Now, I recently heard a podcast where it talked about how if, if no one, all the Christians have, would take some time and spend time for those who have kids and pour into their kids and witness to their kids, that God expects every parent to disciple, to witness, and to disciple their own children. So if you don't even disciple anybody else, you need to be discipling your own children. And I'm talking about discipling them in Christ, not discipling them just in the things of this world, but discipling them into, in spiritual things. The next one is, is the will of God for everyone to discover their place in the kingdom of God, to discover their place in the kingdom of God. God expects you to discover your place in the kingdom of God. A significant portion of Dr. Miles Moreau's ministry on the earth was for him to talk about purpose. He talked, when I was a teenager, I was introduced to Dr. Miles Moreau. It changed my life. I never heard a man talk like he talked. 
to the point where I wanted to, after I graduated from Bible college, I wanted to actually move to the Bahamas to sit under his ministry for several years prior to going into ministry. But the Lord saw different. But I want to encourage you to discover your place in the kingdom. What has God birthed you in this kingdom for? Why were you created? And once you discover your will, the will of God, and discover your place in the kingdom of God, don't get out of it. Stay in it. So it doesn't matter where I, what type of job that I, I've had in the past, I always come to the same conclusion that this is not the will of God for me. That ultimately the will of God was, is for me to be full-time ministry, to give myself over to the word and to the prayer and to, to dis- distributing the word of God and to pastor and to teach and to help people. That's the will of God for my life. And I discovered that years ago when I was in Bible college, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and told me, would I be his pastor? And I found myself even this morning praying, Holy Spirit, teach me how to be a pastor. To even after these many years of pastoring, teach me how to be a pastor. See, an effective pastor is not the amount of people that is in that church. Now, you shouldn't have like one or two people over 20 years because maybe that's not your calling. At the same time, the goal is not necessarily to have millions of people to pastor, but to be effective wherever you are. And so I found myself praying, Lord, Holy Spirit, help me to become an effective pastor. Teach me how to pastor. I don't know if I've ever prayed that prayer. You might say, wow, after all these years, you haven't prayed it? No wonder. No, just kidding. (laughs) But I found myself praying that. I want to become a better, effective pastor. How do I pastor these people? How do I? I'm going to be held accountable for the amount of people that I have And God's going to hold me accountable. Did you pray for them? Did you tell them the truth even when they got mad and left the church? Did you tell them? Did you help them? Did you give them the word of God? Did you point them to to my son, Jesus? Did you make sure they get filled with the Holy Spirit or at least present it to them? Did you help them and teach them the ways of God? Did you live righteously? I heard one man, I read one man of God says that a, a pastor that is holy is a dangerous weapon in the hands of Almighty God. That God can look at that person and say, hey, I can use them a weapon against unholiness. Amen. So to, to discover your place, to find out God's will for your life and to stay in it. Some people, they may find out the will of God. I've heard all my life people say, I'm called, I'm called, I'm called, I'm called, I'm called. And I was like, call, oh, so what? Perhaps I'll write a book called, So You Call, So What? Now what? What, what are you going to do with it? I'm called, I got a call on my life. I got a call on my life. And I'm like, okay, so what are you doing with it? <laughs> what are you doing with the call on your life? If you believe that God has called you to ministry, then you should be doing something in ministry. Oh, oh, God's called me to be an engineer. Okay, then should you be in school or should you be looking for internship or should you be working as, oh, God's called me to be a doctor or he's called me to be an entrepreneur, all these things. Well, first and foremost, if you are a spouse, you're called to be a spouse, a faithful spouse. You're called to be a, if you're a parent, a faithful parent. If you're single, you're called to be single at this time, a faithful single person. Some people are not faithful. So part of discovering your place is being faithful in that place. If you're working a job that perhaps not your dream job, be faithful at that place. Discover your place and stay in it. That's the will of God, generally speaking. Then the next one is to work. Be faithful at a job and represent him in the workplace. 
some people look, you know, they're, they're going, bounce from job to job and, and they're frustrating, frustrated. Some people are not working at all. They don't work at all. It's amazing how people find out I'm, I'm a pastor. It's like, oh, you're not working. I'm like, what are you talking about? You want to do this? Do this for a week and call me later. <laughs> See how that works out for you. Uh, whatever it may be, it's, it's still work. What perhaps you, you are a, a faithful mother and you're, you're a homemaker. And, th- and I know that that term, the world wants to etch that out as if there's, there's a shame with a woman wanting to be stay at home to be a faithful spouse and a faithful mother. It's a good thing for a, a, a wife to want to do that. And I'm not saying that women are called, all women are called to do that. But if the Lord has called them to do that, when we, the, I don't care what society is saying about that. I know a woman right now, she has about six or seven kids, and she's a faithful homemaker, anointed, anointed to be a homemaker. That's what God called her to do. She, you, don't, you won't see her on Charisma Magazine or Christianity Today. You won't see her on television, but she's faithful. Her and her husband are missionaries in the Middle East, and, and they're serving faithfully. And she does some ministry work as, as far as ministering to other people. But her main focus is her husband and her kids. That, that, I know Oprah wouldn't like that. But it's okay, Oprah. I, I'm still your friend. You still can invite me to your show and I'll come and do your show and be on. You can interview me. But I'm not preaching against you. What I am saying that there are some women who are called to do that. And we should look, look down at that. There's some men who are called to be entrepreneurs or to work for somebody else, to be faithful. The next one is tither and a giver of offerings and seed. It is the will of God for every believer to be a tither and to give offerings and to sow seed. That is the will of God. God himself is a giver. The heart of Christianity is giving. The heart of Christianity is give, And so when you have the spirit of God inside of you, the spirit of God will always lead you to give. It's not always about taking. Jesus actually said this. He said, it's better to give than to receive. Some of us is like, hey, let me receive first. (laughs) Give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. You know, no, God wants us to be a giver. First and foremost, giving to him, honoring him with our money then giving offerings on top of that. Some people are faithful with their tithes, but they don't give offerings. You need to do, do both. Then faithful in sowing seeds, not only at the church, but also to others. When you go out to eat, don't just give them a small tip, but really tip them. So I look at that as an opportunity to sow seed. So, you know, try to give. If you can't afford to tip, then don't go out to eat. You shouldn't go out to eat if you can't afford to tip. Because those servers are making their money by their tips. And so it's right to give them something. Well, what if they do a bad job? Well, I, I, I challenge you to be a blessing and say, hey, you know, I would, you know, talk to them. Say, hey, I really, you know, you didn't really come and see me that much and about my family. And, but I'm going to tip you anyway, 20%. But I just moving forward, I want to encourage you, young person, usually a young person, an older person, that you should, you should pay more attention to your table so that it kind of positions you and you kind of get because if you're giving them 20%, you, it gives you a, a way to speak into their lives and say, hey, I, I really don't like what you did, but it's okay. Just grow from it. So 
that's not the point. The point is to, to sow seed. So bless your parents. Honor your parents financially. Honor, you know, your friends. Bless your spouse with a car, a nice car, banging car. Um, do something. Learning how to sow. Learning how to be a giver. Let it be marked that you're a giver. If you, if you hear of a need, you know, me, I, I know one brother, when we go out to eat, uh, you know, I remember when our church was real small and we would go out to eat, he would just secretly pay for everything. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I mean, he just, he just, he just loved to sow seeds like that and just will bless us. And I remember one time I was, I was turning a certain age and we were, and all the fellas got together and we went out to eat. I'm convinced he gave that. I'm convinced he paid for that meal for that night. And everybody was like, wait a minute, because I think there was a certain amount for everybody. And I believe he, he got up and act like he was going to the bathroom and paid for the entire meal. But I'm telling you, learning how to be a giver, learning how to sow. The next one is connected with the first one. The, one, the last one is to be a good steward of time, resources. Be a good steward of time and resources. So it's the will of God that you don't waste time. There's some things that are time wasters. I made a decision a few weeks ago not to go back on social media until my book is completely put out, <laughs> and my work, the PhD program that I'm in, is completely caught up. I made a decision not to go, because social media is a time waster. It can be. I know some of y'all make money from social media, but for those of us who are just looking as a pleasure, and, and I had to just totally get off, off of TikTok. I mean, because some of the, the things just pop up. I'm like, this is the devil. I don't want, you know. And you could just scroll. Next thing you know, it's an hour, two hours, three hours. The same with Instagram. And some, some of the older folks know about Facebook because a lot of young folks are not on Facebook. And some of us older folks are on MySpace, <laughs> me and Tom. <laughs> oh, is that the right guy? Tom. I think his name is Tom. All right. Next one is to walk in divine health. It is the will of God for you to walk in divine health. He wants you to be at your, your best. Physically, um, health-wise, he wants you to be at your best. It's the will of God. And it's also the will of God for you to walk in divine prosperity. He doesn't want your job to be your source or anybody else to be your source. Yeah, he wants to be your source because there's multiple ways in which God can prosper you. It's not just through your business. <laughs> it's other ways in which God has set up the system to be a blessing to you. And then last but not least is God wants you to rise up and walk in authority. He wants you to rise up and to walk in authority. It is the will of God for you to know who you are in Christ. Know your authority. Don't sit back and let the devil beat you up, but learn how to take authority over, the, over, the, over, the, over Satan and bind him and make him leave. Now, the will of God, this is God's will for all people for all times. The will of God is what I just listed. That's the general will of God. There are three types of wills. There are three types of wills. One, the will of God, the will of Satan, and the will of humanity. Three types of wills. Will of God, will of Satan, and the will of humanity. Now, the will of humanity is going to have to yield to either the will of God or the will of Satan. You will serve someone. You will be a slave either to God or to Satan. And I want to let you know, I'm a slave of God. And God is a great master. The word Lord, Lord Jesus, or I love you, Lord. The word Lord actually means master. So 
I'm a slave of Jesus, and I'm a slave of God the Father. And God the Father and Jesus, they are great masters. Satan, on the other hand, he's a horrible master. You, you think, I mean, he will beat you. He will destroy you. He will put sickness and disease on you and laugh at you at the same time. I'm telling you, he's horrible. There's no in-between. God leads us by our spirit and through righteousness and by the word of God. Satan leads us, leads us through our flesh and sin and through the world. I got a scripture before I quit, before I end the sermon. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, out of ESV, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. There's the good will of God, that's the acceptable will of God, and there's the perfect will of God. And the scripture tells us that we cannot, I'm paraphrasing, we cannot do the will of God without having our minds renewed. The renewing of the mind. You will not do the will of God with an unrenewed mind. This is reiterating our first point of the general will of God. You will not know the will of God without first being born again. Second, studying the scriptures and allowing the Holy Spirit to renew your mind that you may prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It is possible to be in his permissive will. You can be doing something that God never called you to do. You can do good things and not necessarily do God's will. Just because it's good doesn't mean that it's God. Let me say that again. Just because it's good doesn't mean that it's God. Just because you got accepted into a college doesn't mean that it's the will of God for you to go to that college. Just because you got got a, a job offer in this state doesn't mean that it's the will of God. Some people will measure the will of God based on open doors, but God will lead you to closed doors where you have to use your faith and trust him. So don't be led by external things. Don't be led by signs and wonders and voices and, 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 and um, you know, God, if you want me to marry this person, let a red car go by. No. That, why would you place the, that's how much you think of marriage? No. God, God thinks of marriage that, wait, before you get married, one, are they born again? You know, are they in the faith? Two, what about your relatives? Do they agree with you? Now, you may have some crazy relatives, some jealous relatives. I'm not talking about that situation. But what about wise counsel? Are people in agreement to this marriage? Not just, I feel like, I feel like they're the one. Yeah, they could, you'll feel like, let's see how you feel like in 50 years from now. You know, so don't go based on feel like. I think I need to do a message called feel like. I feel like the Lord is saying, I feel like the scriptures. Really, you feel like? Now we live by our feelings? <laughs> Maybe we'll do that. But let me say this again. Just because it's good doesn't mean that it's God. My dad taught me that. Everything good is not God. But God is good. Everything that God does is good. Just because it's successful doesn't mean that it's God. You want good success. You want success that is in sync with his word, in sync with the leading of the spirit. 
Do not be conformed to this world. Don't allow the spirit of the age to squeeze you in its mold, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, learning to discern what's the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. It says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And then it goes on, it says, um, we're to learn what season that we're in. And then you can't use external circumstances to determine whether or not you're in the will of God. Just because of the external circumstances, you're not to say this is the will of God because it's a favorable circumstance. Because sometimes favorable circumstances may not be the will of God for your life. So you're to be led by the word of God and you're to be led by the spirit of God. And the will of God is, is determined based on what the spirit of God is leading you to do and what the scripture, if it's in line with the scriptures. The definition of will, and this is where I'll end. The definition of the will simply means the particular desire, purpose, or pleasure. The choice of a certain person, a compelling command or decree. So God commanded Pastor Dwayne Wright to be a teacher and a pastor in the body of Christ. It is the will of God for me to do this. I, if, if I had my way, I'll be a member of somebody, someone's church and I'll be the number one giver. <laughs> I'll be a tither and faithful. I, I would help serve my pastor. I would, I would do whatever he asked me to do. That, that, that would be my will. My will would be, I, I had had in my mind to be an engineer. I was going to go to Princeton University to be an engineer, and I was going to have a nice house with a nice little family with about 10 kids, and I would, you know, had a big cars and big houses and go on vacations for months at a time and write books and, and, and have the best shape, best body in the world and, and just be filthy rich. <laughs> and that was my will, right? Was not to be a speaker, not to be a mouthpiece for God and definitely not to be a pastor. You know, being a pastor is not for the faint in heart. <laughs> It's for the grace of God being on you to do that. And if you're called to be a pastor, it'll show up. I was pastoring long before I was pastoring, long before I had the title. And, you know, when I was at Budweiser, they called me the Budweiser pastor because I was concerned about people and praying with them and checking on them and discipling them. That's what a pastor does. Not someone who just preaches, but someone who cares for the souls of people. If I had my way, <laughs> if that was my will. Now, I'm going to be righteously wealthy. <laughs> I'm going to have that big house and, the, and perhaps even take a month-long vacation with the family. But it's going to be God's way. It's going to be, in, it's going to be that good success, not necessarily that, that, uh, that just success in general. So it's the will of God, the, the pleasure of God. God's will for my life was for me to go into ministry at a young age. My last scripture is Matthew 6.33. 6.33, you're familiar with that scripture, but we're talking about the will of God. Matthew 6.33 says this. 6.33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. God is a mathematician. He will add things to you. He'll take things away. He will divide things in your life, and he will multiply things in your life. God says here that if we'll seek his kingdom 
and his righteousness. He'll add these things to us. I like God's addition. <laughs> I like his addition. And I even like his subtraction because if he subtracts some things, he's going he's gonna to bring some things back. He, he purges us so that he can prepare us for greater. <laughs> so, so if those friends that have been purged out of your life, he got some better friends for you. <laughs> I, I was talking to the barber recently. Actually, before I came here to get my hair cut, I was talking to the barber and I was saying how there's certain friends, certain people, it's like my circle is getting smaller. Because there's certain people who are competitive, certain pastors that when I talk to them, I, 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 feel, I feel sad when I finish talking to them. I don't feel the greatest. And it's not just based on my feelings, but they make me feel down, not because I'm jealous or anything, just because that spirit they carry. They, they, some pastors carry the spirit of competition. And they want to talk about how, how their church is doing and whatnot. And I'm like, praise God, praise God. I rejoice with you, brother. I rejoice with you, but, but that's, that's not my goal. My goal is to faithfully pastor God's people. And God likes to add. He's, but my point is to seek first the kingdom of God. Put the kingdom of God first place. The rule and the reign of God. The will and the purpose of his will. I'm going to end there. I want to thank you for this opportunity to share your word. If you heard something and you... You heard this message that we talked about the will of God. The first will of God for everyone is to be born again. And if you're not born again, I want you to text us at 732-324-2200. I want you to text, I want Jesus. And we'll help you to get to have Jesus so that you can have Jesus. We'll give you information. We'll pray with you. But I want you to text 732-324-2200. I want Jesus. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, Contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.